Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Bizarre. Vibrant Vegetarian Recipes by Sabrina Gayor. Hey, Victoria. Hi, Johnny. <laughs> how you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm good. Like, um, we, like we don't know how each other yep. is doing. <laughs> we, uh, it's a beautiful, hot Sunday here in Chicago at the time of this recording. Um, let's take a minute to thank everyone for tuning in, all one of you. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is this is exciting. This is the inaugural episode of Tasty Pages. After a couple <laughs> failed starts, we're we're diving into this. We're doing it. We, we're going to be gonna consistent it. with it. Yep. We're going to do it. Um, so thank you for tuning in. Um, if you like what you hear, you can expect a new episode each week, focusing on a different cookbook that we feature on our Cooking the Books Instagram page. And uh, please issue a review and a ranking. It definitely helps uh, people find us. Ooh, look at you getting down to business. Yep, <laughs> taking care of the housekeeping. And um, each one of these books will have a review published on our web blog, and there will be a link to uh, purchase it via Amazon. And uh, if you click that affiliate link, we get a few pennies thrown our way for the purchase. Best of all, it doesn't cost you a penny. A penny more. So you'll be helping out us. You'll be getting a great book. And it's a win win. It's a win win. Uh, so, welcome. Uh, what are we currently working on? Let's talk about that first. Um, right now, we are doing a. A book called Falliston by Sammy Tamimi and Tara Wigley. Those um, names might be familiar to some of you if you're cookbook aficionados because they've both worked on Odalengi books in the past and now they've uh, they've combined their superpowers and just released this book and it's blowing up the internet. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's blowing us away. We're, yeah. We are really loving it. It's a great book. Very vegetable focused, um, but definitely not just a vegetarian cookbook, yeah. but uh, lots of uh, Middle Eastern flavors, um, but particularly Palestinian, I believe. And uh, it's great. So stay tuned for that. Hey, Victoria, yes. what's for dinner tonight? Oh, you just stole my question. It's the question that I ask him about 15 times a day, yep. by the way, because <laughs> I have the worst memory. Um Share with the class what you're making for dinner tonight. <laughs> uh, tonight we're doing a chilled cucumber and tahini soup with spicy pumpkin seeds. And then we have a ton of leftovers um, in our fridge. We've got... Uh, what did we make last night? The well, we had falafel dream. Oh, that's right. Yeah. See, I have a very. Bad I'm sure memory. this is very st stimulating for the the two people that are tuning in. Yes. But uh, um, yeah, uh, leftovers might not be the most sexiest of dinner options, but they're kind of a reality um, in our house. Doing what we do, cooking from cookbooks nearly every day. 
uh, we end up with leftovers. It's just the two of us. So <laughs> this is uh, the reality is we got to have leftovers from time to time. And that's what we're having tonight, along with that chilled cucumber soup, which is from Ballaston. Yes. And you'll be hearing about that in a future episode. Um, what else is going on in our world? Oh, talk about what we recently completed, because that was pretty exciting. Oh, so we have a very dear, lovely friend named Sandy Thinnis, and she is an integrative beauty um, coach, yeah. um, uh, which basically is a, is about like starting your beauty from within by the foods that you eat and how they uh, work with your body. Yeah, and just being mindful about not only what you put on your body, but in your body, and how that relates to your overall health and wellness. So it's it's really fascinating stuff. Um, and as part of that, um, she had us develop some recipes that she can share with her uh, clients for her business. And um, we finished a batch of those. We published one today on our feed. You can find those recipes on our blog. Um, but that was a really fun project that I think will be an ongoing collaboration with her. I hope and, so. Uh, yeah. The photos turned out beautifully. And the dishes were great, too. Good job, Victoria. Good job, you. <laughs> All right. Let's dive into this book, uh, Bizarre, Vibrant Vegetarian Recipes. This... Um, Seems to be a theme recently in our house as we've we've been doing a lot of Middle Eastern flavors and a lot of kind of vegetable focused uh, plant based. Yeah, stuff. I think within the last month, month and a half, we we're on our third Middle Eastern book. Yeah, and uh, we should preface this by saying that we're not strictly vegetarian or vegan, but we do find ourselves featuring a lot of those books, and we're certainly not opposed to it. So. When a good one comes our way, we we are happy to feature it. Um, this was a great book. I think we're in agreement on that. Yep. We had another one that we cooked from. We don't need to mention it. It was kind of the cookbook equivalent of <laughs> It was okay. Nothing blew us away. But this one, we definitely had some some standout dishes that we'll discuss. So I guess without further ado, let's dive in. All right. So the first thing we made is sumac, tomato, and garlic on toast. Um, we love a good toast. Who doesn't love a good toast? It's a great way to start the day. Yep. Um, and this, this was a good one. Sumac is kind of, a, I feel like, an underappreciated spice. Um, it is. By some people, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I.e. white people. <laughs> <laughs> More people totally should true, right? more people should discover sumac because it's a fantastic spice. Uh, how would you describe its uh, flavor profile? A bit tart. It's a, it's tart, but I also think it's a little bitter too. Yeah, which is like it's a very unique, completely spice. contrary. Yeah. Um, but this was this was great. It was obviously easy to whip up. If you follow us at all on our Cooking the Books feed, you know that uh, our go-to bread recipe when we make these toasts is from the Michael Ruman book, From Scratch. Which was a really good book. Yep. And uh, we usually have a loaf of homemade bread using that recipe in our house in the freezer that we can just bust out when we need uh, 
bread or toast or something and and uh that's what we turn to for this one yep um we used um it it caught uh well for us the um the recipe called for lebna but um we had greek yogurt on hand so we just used that yep um, don't be afraid to substitute something similar that you have on hand. Don't don't drive yourself crazy uh, trying to stick so strictly to a recipe and driving all over the city uh, to find a particular ingredient if you have something else that would make an adequate substitute. One time, we went to five different places to find little neck clams. You can read about that in our one of our blog posts. It was a... It was quite the odyssey. Ugh. Never again. No. So, <laughs> no. Yeah. If you take anything away from what we're doing, it's that you don't be afraid to make substitutions. Cooking should be fun. It's not going to be fun if you're going to five different grocery stores looking for goddamn <laughs> little nerd clams. So, with that out of the way, um, anything else about this recipe? I mean, it's a toast. It's pretty simple, but it was delicious. It's, it's a kind of... N- Nice diversion from the old avocado toast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I got think... to use some tomatoes from our garden, which I are know. in full bloom at the moment. The best thing of the summer is when you eat the first tomato off the vine, which is kind of gross. Because You say so, lady. Because I don't even wash it. I'll just, like, pluck it off the plant and eat it. Gross. Crazy. Let's talk drinks. Drinks. Ooh, yes. Usually, if a book has some drink recipes, we will uh, gladly make one. And uh, this this had some drink recipes in it. And what did we make, Victoria? Uh, we made a turmeric, lemon, and vodka cooler. Um, turmeric is kind of one of our favorite spices. Yep. Uh, I drink turmeric tea every day. Um, Johnny puts it in his smoothie every yep. morning. Uh, it's a good anti-inflammatory. It's a good antioxidant. Uh, it will stain the hell out of any fabric it comes into contact with. <laughs> our kitchen towels have a n- t-shirt. Yep. Our, our bath towels somehow one of them has a lovely smear of turmeric. Hope you like yellow clothes. <laughs> but uh, and this and this actually inspired a new drink that uh, I don't know if we want to share it now or if we want to wait. We'll wait. Okay. But uh, there's there's another drink. Got to make them look forward to something. Yep. Keep them coming <laughs> back. Um, but yeah, I mean this this was this was refreshing. It was a perfect like kind of summer drink. What what else is there to say about it? it um, looks great. Yep. Nice vibrant yellow color. They go down really easy, so yes. be careful, kids. Yes, and actually, I would recommend just making a double batch of the. Um, uh, turmeric base like a simple syrup more yeah. or less yeah yeah good stuff yes. um let's move on to the next one uh the next one was a grilled halloumi fr- flatbread <laughs> yeah that that man if you if you have not discovered the greatness that is halloumi cheese you are missing out my friend because uh, this is probably about the third or fourth time recently that we've had an opportunity to use it. And, oh, it's so good. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like the same texture as like cheese curds. I don't know if it's the same process uh, used to kind of make it. 
but it's got that kind of like tough. Yeah, I think it's just super, super dense, and and you bite into it, and it kind of like squeaks, squeaks. on your teeth. And <laughs> but you can grill it. It's got like a very high melting point, so you can throw um, halloumi in a pan without. You don't even need oil or anything, as I found out, <laughs> and just put <laughs> it, it in the skillet, and it gets like this nice, you know, char on the outside. Um, but it's still, you know, nice and soft on the inside. And uh, I mean, have you, it just... have you cooked halloumi in our new pan yet? No. No. Ooh, Ooh we got a new pan, kids. <laughs> Stay tuned. Our our uh, trusty nonstick skillet for many years finally bit the bullet and needed to be replaced. It was getting a little tougher to to clean. And, and we and we have in. one nonstick skillet. Yeah, and we it's... don't really use nonstick. No. That that often but it's handy for obvious things so um we we made the investment and bought a new one and i think it cost like a whole 40 dollars um and it's great yeah we'll do a review in the future of it but uh anyway halloumi and these were flatbreads um another thing that we generally keep on hand a lot of is uh pizza dough we just put it in the freezer and anytime we make pizza or flatbreads we'll just pop a couple of those out, let them thaw out. Um, and we use a recipe from... Uh, good Food for Good Times. Cooking for Good Times. Cooking for Good Times yeah. by Paul Cahan, who is Chicago's superstar. Yep. His restaurants are fantastic. Yep. And uh, I totally lost my train of thought. Boy, this is a very stimulating conversation for whoever's listening. We usually <laughs> will make a batch and then we'll portion them out yep. and chuck them in a freezer bag and then we have it on hand. Yeah. When I mean, even if we're just craving bread and we should not happen to have any, because we usually put that in the freezer too. Yeah. Um, pull out one of those crusts and bake it up. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, these were great. In addition to the halloumi, they had a real simple harissa yogurt on it. That was quite tasty. A little bit of, little bit of heat, a little bit of creaminess. Um, there was some red onion that gets uh, pickled. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some dill, some lemon. Um, barberries. Let's talk barberries. I've not ever seen them in a store around Chicago. No. Um, what we found was a good substitute is uh, currants that have been soaked in a little bit of lemon juice, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to kind of approximate the the flavor of it. Um, so that's what we ended up doing. Another little another little hack for you. Yep. Don't drive all over Chicago looking for barberries. <laughs> they will be the bane of your existence. Oh, yeah. Whenever um, you see it, you'll be like barberries. Nigella seeds too. Those goddamn Nigella seeds. We've we've worked from many books that have had uh, recipes calling for those, and we have not been able to find them around anywhere. So just substitute sesame seeds. Yep, it's okay. We won't judge you. No one will hate you. I'm sure the author would understand. Right. Um, had some avocado in there. I mean, these were great, and we had this for dinner one night, and it was like substantial enough for a meal. Oh, absolutely! And didn't feel like I was hungry afterward or anything. Um, but oh, halloumi! I can't say enough about it. <laughs> Love it. And then, and then we ended up making 
something from the Falliston book, which we'll feature later, that had the Halloumi in it, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, so stay tuned. More Halloumi on the way. Um, let's talk pita bread. Pita bread. Yeah. Do you notice the theme here? We like bread. <laughs> Actually, I don't really like pita bread. This was pretty good, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, we ended up making this to bring over to a little impromptu, socially distanced backyard hang with some friends. Fire pit. Yeah, fire pit. And um, it's got zatar rubbed on it. So that's kind of the thing that makes it a little unique. Zatar is another great um, kind of underutilized spice. Um, you can make your own. You can certainly buy some. If you make your own, it consists of usually uh, thyme, oregano, majorum, sumac, a um, little bit of sesame seeds, and then just some salt. So it's a real easy mixture to mix up. Um, we happen to have some on hand. We have some. Um, there's this great place in California called Spice and Leaf. Um, and we did a little collaboration. And um, she also has a really great avocado egg topper. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, they make all kinds of spice blends. And so, you know, either way, uh, go with quality because uh, it makes a big difference. Don't just buy like the you know, Cheapest. standard issue supermarket spice blend. Um, take the time to either order online or support your, you know, local spice merchant. Do people have those? Spice merchants. That sounds really cool. Well, I guess a place like... Penzies would be a spice merchant. Yeah, spice, spice merchant. Yeah. Spice house. Yes. Spice. Mer- I want to be a spice merchant. <laughs> that sounds very old timey. <laughs> All right. The topic for another day. Yes. But yeah, I mean, this was super simple. If you've ever made pita bread from scratch, um, there's not. Uh, I think it has like an hour rise time, but then they go right into a nice hot skillet, and they literally take what a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you flip them once and. Uh, you know, once they've risen, they're super simple to make and you can dress them with any kind of spices you want. Um, these were tasty and they were quickly devoured at the, at the fire pit. And then of course you could have, you know, you want to make hummus or as I like to say, Barbara ganoush, (laughs) you can, you can (laughs) add that to your pita experience as well. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's talk crunchy tofu salad. Oh, let's 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 talk about this tofu. Yes. So we do since we photograph all of our food, we are obviously very careful to make sure our food looks beautiful. So Johnny gets out the plancha. Stovetop cast iron plancha with and, grill marks. Mm-hmm. And he spent like 45 minutes. It was a process. Grilling grilling the tofu. The things we do for the gram. Right? Um, yeah. So it was a bit excessive. Had to get grill marks. But it looked beautiful, though. Yep. It was beautiful. Nice, um, nicely done, Balmer. Thank you. If you can find it, I would suggest using the smoked tofu. Um, a few of our local grocery stores have it. It just comes in a package. It's refrigerated. Um, it's very firm, but it also has like a smoky flavor, and I love it. Yep. Agree. So 
So we, we try and source that when we can. If not, I would say for this recipe, um, any kind of firm tofu is extra probably firm. Yeah, is the key. You de- yeah, you definitely want extra firm. Um, silken tofu, and correct me if I'm wrong, is mostly used for like stuff, something that you're going to blend it up with yes. and, and make some kind of soup or something like that. But if if you're trying to keep the pieces of tofu kind of intact for like stir fry or for a dish like this, then you definitely want to go with the extra firm and get those grill marks nice and good. Yes. <laughs> um, in addition to the uh, the uh, tofu, it had both green and red cabbage. There were some. Uh, bell peppers in there. There was some celery, celery, scallions. So lots of textures, lots of flavors going on. Um, and the dressing, fresh. the dressing the was dressing super was good. good. Um, it's this tamarind. Uh, it was like tamarind, tamarind paste. There was miso, honey, olive oil, little cayenne, little kick of heat, yep. ground cinnamon. Maybe yeah. an unexpected ingredient. It was good. So... Uh, and this was another one where I think we made this for dinner and totally substantial. Oh, we had we had uh, a huge bunch of leftovers, yeah. too, that we had for lunch the next day. So keep that in mind when you're looking through this stuff. Don't think that you have to make these, like, gigantic feasts of, like, several dishes. Like, you know, even if you just make a little more than what you think you need, you can usually have these things for, for dinner and it's more than enough food, depending on how many people you're cooking for. But uh, yeah, this one was great. Yep. Stand All right. Dish. So our last dish, and I, th- I think this was my favorite. Um, I agree. This was my favorite too. Uh, mushroom tahini and harissa spaghetti. Um, <laughs> we love, love, love harissa. Um, recommend it as a recommend it as a pantry staple. Yep. It's um, another thing you can make. Yourself, if you want, but there's plenty of quality harissa from the grocery store yeah. that you can just buy and keep on hand and keep it simple. Um, and it's really great to dress up stuff. Uh, our, one of our go-to dip sauces is just um, some yogurt and harissa, a little bit of lemon, lime. Yep. Nice and simple. So this had, uh, kind of its base was uh, some... Did we use crimini mushrooms? Yes. For this? Crimini and a little bit of shiitake. That's right. And so you put them in a food processor and pulse them so that they're kind of like a finer, I don't know, like a crumb almost? Uh, it's like a duck cell. Okay. Like if you make a mushroom duck cell, you have to grind the mushrooms in the food processor. And that kind of becomes the base for this. And then we used, uh, didn't we use like whole wheat spaghetti? We did. That we had in the pantry. So again, um, you can play around with different, uh, you know, spaghettis or pastas depending on what you have on hand. Um, This was a pretty simple dish to make too. And, you know, but it's got garlic in it. It's got some red chili flake for some heat. Cinnamon. Yeah. Making another appearance. Cinnamon again. And uh, it's, it's remarkable, like how that can really like add like a depth of flavor and it, and we're talking like a teaspoon. So don't, don't feel like, you know, it's going to wander over whenever I think of cinnamon, you know, like I just think of sweet food, like, right. 
baking, but... Or, yeah, it's going to taste like some baked good or something. That, that won't be the case. This has like a little bit of soy sauce in it. So there was like some interesting flavors going on. Cumin, tahini, um, water. There was water in it. <laughs> no, actually there wasn't because we, we substituted vegetable stock. That is true. Um, a lot of these recipes, if they call for, for any kind of stock or, or what, they, what they will call for is water and we'll just throw like some stock in there instead because it's a, it's a better option. More flavor. It is. Yeah. Kicks it up a little bit. And it's another thing that we usually keep in the freezer on hand for when we need it. Um, but yeah, this dish, stellar. Probably my favorite. Agreed. So, so those, there you have it. That's, that's what we, that's what we made from this. And, uh. I think we're in agreement that this was a great book. Um, definitely earned a spot probably in our permanent collection. Um, so now we've come to the point where we rank the book in a variety of different categories. And let's start with food, photo, and styling. What do you have, Victoria? Um, I gave this one a five. This Me was too. It was gorgeous. The food shots were gorgeous. Yep. Um, there were also just some random shots of beautiful produce. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, lovely. Yeah, I agree. The styling was great. The photography is good. It, they they definitely amp up the the color saturation and uh, you know a little bit on the overexposed side, but that's just to kind of create some vibrancy in the photos. And it and it's not. I wouldn't say it's like annoyingly so. But it's just it just makes them pop a little bit more off the page. I feel like it's actually pretty subtle. Yeah, but uh, they're they're gorgeous photos, and um, yeah, so five for that. Uh, degree of difficulty. Where do you rank that one at? Uh, I gave it a two. Everything there wasn't really anything that we spent all day working on, mm-hmm. um, which in itself is not a bad thing because a lot of times it's really worth it. Um, but yeah, everything from this book felt fairly easy there were no um i don't think there was anything like particularly like chefy as far as techniques no absolutely not i mean yes there's some specialty ingredients that you may or may not be able to source locally you might have to go online and order them um but as we discussed previously like don't be afraid to substitute some stuff if you if you need to and I think you're still, it's not going to compromise the dish. It's still going to be tasty and you're still going to get the idea of the flavor. Absolutely. And I don't think anything required any kind of specialized equipment or anything. No. So, you know, pretty, pretty good book if you're a, a somewhat skilled home cook. What yeah. did you, what number did you rate it? I gave it a two as oh, well. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're on the same page. All right. <laughs> no, <laughs> no pun intended. Taste. Wah, wah, wah. Taste. Um, taste. Uh, five. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I was gonna say four point five, but then I was like, "Why? You loved everything. Yeah. Just give it a five. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And this this is a book that I know that I'll definitely want to come back to. Um. So when when we choose what we're going to make, each of us will take a turn with the book and go through and um, use sticky tabs, uh, Post-its. Yeah, and- those. 
<laughs> words, Victoria, words. Um, and then we go through it together and just kind of choose, narrow it down to five, sometimes five to seven, five I to say. seven. Yeah. Um, if we can throw some easy stuff like a granola or s- spiced brittle or something, yeah. um, we'll do that. But it's a process. Yeah. But, you know, the the sign of a good cookbook is when we're paging through it and, you know, you're just every page you're like, oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. That sounds, you know, and it's like there there was definitely no struggle to find things to make from this book that uh, that appealed to us. Um, the bigger challenge was probably just narrowing it down yeah. because the th- thing was probably bursting with post-it notes when we first did the preliminary, you know, paging through it. Um, so you gave it a five for taste? Yes. Perfect. Me too. Um, and then the last category is kind of like design slash layout of the book. Um, you rent, rank that? You know, I was going to do 4.5, but there's no reason for that. Um, I'll give it a five. I thought the um, recipes were uh, easily laid. They were... Oh my God, words. <laughs> um, I like the format of the recipes yeah. because, you know, we've worked out of some books where it, the formatting doesn't make sense right. and it makes it harder to follow. Um, and yeah, photos were lovely. Um, yeah. There is a very brief introduction at the beginning of the book that's uh, two pages. And then it jumps right into the recipes. And this has over 200 recipes. And there really is no extraneous text in here or anything. You know, sometimes you'll get these books where the first 30 pages are like a memoir about the author. Or it'll be a a whole section on like, this is what you need before you even start cooking from this book. And there was none of that in this book. It just kind of like, let's dive into the recipes. Um, I love that. But I love a good intro though. Well, it depends on the author's narrative. I mean, it it depends on the book, I guess we've, we've done some where there's like, I feel like I don't need to read another white lady. um, Here's my whole life story thing. Yeah. Like it's, well, that kind wouldn't apply to this book, but well, no, but, obviously. Um, I mean, some if it's about a particular like place in the world, and it's serving more as kind of like a travelogue and trying to transport you to this very particular corner of the globe, those are kind of fun to just read and maybe learn about, you know, a, a region or a cuisine that you're not familiar with. Um, but this one kind of spares you that and just like, let's dive into the recipes. And so if you want to get cooking, this is the book for you. Um, I believe every recipe has a photo, an accompanying photo, which is gorgeous. And they're all kind of laid out like, you know, recipe on one page right next to it is the photo. Yeah. So I, I like when books are kind of formatted that way and it's not like, there's a photo of this recipe three pages past it or something. And it, it just, it always has kind of a clunky layout. Um, there is an acknowledgement section, which I think is 
pretty standard at this point. Yes. But you'll run across some earlier cookbooks from like before this decade where they may or may not acknowledge all the people that kind of had a hand in the book. Um, and, you know, as we know, there's like a lot of people that probably uh, contribute behind the scenes in making a, a cookbook what it is. And so it's always nice when the authors acknowledge that because I know when we post on our social media, we always try and tag those people and acknowledge, you know, the photographer, the stylist, publisher, all that stuff. So it's always a little odd now if you're paging through like a current modern cookbook and they don't have I think that. there's only been one modern cookbook that we've used that hasn't yeah. um, had. You might be right because it seems like that's one of the first things I look for when we are getting ready to feature a book and, yeah. and start, you know, publishing photos and tagging people. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so... Uh, did I say I gave this a five too? Yeah. I'm totally losing my train of thought. <laughs> yes, you did. It gets better, people. Trust me. <laughs> um, we've got we've got um, first time nerves. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I guess to summarize, I would say this is definitely like a a, a buy it cookbook. Absolutely. Um. Make a welcome addition to your collection, especially if you're a fan of Middle Eastern flavors like we are. And uh, bonus if you're a vegetarian and you're looking for a good a good book to cook from because this this is right up your alley. Then, so got anything, anything else? else to say? I don't got it. I don't got anything. Okay. All right, we're gonna go pour a glass of wine, make some uh, lovely chilled cucumber soup, and have leftovers. So, hope your day goes well. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Yep. Take care, everyone. Bye.